Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. All right, you guys, should I just like try and, I don't think I'm going to be be able to speed read this, so we're going to have to finish one more when you get back from your dad's house. Okay, ready? Let's see how much I can go. Okay. Ready? Okay, we're not going to talk, we're just going to read. The shovels were easy peasy. There were plenty of good shovels in Bean's shed. Now, they were all ready. Time to start digging. Hmm, Bean's backyard was big. There were lots of places to dig. The problem was that Bean had already dug up most of them. Under the trampoline, Bean had buried a pair of tweezers in a jar of rice last week. Besides that, her plastic playhouse? There was a big worm pit down there in the middle of the lawn, but Bean and Ivy already knew exactly what was buried down there. Mysterious bones. They sure weren't going to dig up Bean's mom's flower bed, and they both knew if they dug up the patio stones, they'd be in timeout land forever. Let's go to your house, said Bean. Ivy's backyard looked like a place that somebody would bury treasure. It was the same size as Bean's backyard, but it wasn't full of playhouses and trampolines and flowers and stones. It wasn't full of anything except tall grass in one corner, and there was a tree. Perfectly round pond, a rock, but the rest of it was tall grass. Where should we start, said Bean. By the rock, said Ivy. Shh, whispered Ivy, let me get a sense first. Oh, said Bean, okay. She watched Ivy get a sense. Here's how it looks. Ivy stood very still, very still with her eyes closed and her arms stretched out. It was boring watching Ivy get a sense. So Bean tried to getting a sense to get a sense herself. She closed her eyes, stood still and put her arms out where the where are the jewels she thought. She thought hard, jewels, 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 like buying by big glittering rubies. She wouldn't put them in a dumb stupid ring. She'd put them in her pocket like it was only a toy. And then she'd pull them out and everyone would gather around her and look at this glittering ruby. This, she said, it's okay, but you should see what I have at home. They'd be jealous. Look at, this is what she's imagining she's doing. <laughs> Wait, this was probably a sense. She was getting a sense about ruby. Ivy, she whispered, shh. Ivy whispered Ivy. She was still standing with her eyes closed. I think I'm getting something. I already have one, said Bean. I got a sense that there's a ruby out here, a big one. Ivy's eyes opened. Where? I'm not sure where, Bean answered. You work on that part. Ivy began to chant, Ruby, Ruby, tell us where you are. Ruby, Ruby, near or far. Wow, Bean thought, impressed. Ivy's a poet. Suddenly, Ivy opened her eyes. Suddenly, she pointed her fingers to the tall grass in the middle of the yard. There, she cried. Chapter Worm Treasure. Ivy and Bean loved to dig. They dug and dug, dirt flying in the air. They sang songs in gold rubies and rubies and gold. Gold rubies and rubies and gold, said the hole, and the hole got bigger and bigger. They found plenty of roots. They found some sticks. They found some dirt and stones, but they did not find a ruby. Maybe the wind blew it out of my hand in the wrong direction or something, said Ivy about half an hour later. She dropped her shovel and closed her eyes. Ruby, Ruby, tell us where you are. Ruby, Ruby, are you near or far? Bean waited. Ah, said Ivy, no wonder. We need to move a little, a little to the right. She pointed to a spot further away from the fence. They dug and dug. 
And again, they found plenty of roots, some sticks, a few bugs this time, and maybe some dirt and sticks. Again, they did not find a ruby. I am pooped, said Bean. I need a rest. They rested in the shade of the tree near the pond and the rock. You know, Ivy said, she turned to look at the rock. If I were to bury treasure, I'd bury it next to something that stuck out. So I'd remember where it was. Ivy paused, for instance, next to a rock. Bean turned it over to look at or underneath, and in a flash, they were on their feet, rushing to the rock. The rock was big, but it wasn't huge. It was about the size of an extremely large dog or a large or an extremely small bear. And an extremely large dog or an extreme, extremely small bear was pushed very hard by two seven-year-old people at the same time and would roll over, which is what the rock did. Beneath the rock were millions of worms and bugs crawling and scuttling. This is exactly where I'd had a ruby if I, ha- if I had one, said Ivy. I'd bury it and put worms and bugs on top of it to scare people away. Bean nodded. It was where she would hide a ruby, too, if she had one. With her shovel, Ivy carefully lifted a layer of worms and buggy dirt to set it aside. Bean did the same. Then they began to dig. This time, they didn't sing their digging song. They just dug, dug and dug and dug. And by the time they had to go inside for dinner, there was an enormous hole where the rock had been. And they had found more bugs, more worms, more roots. But they had found no ruby. They had found no gold, no jewels, and no money. They had found no treasure at all. That at night that at dinner that night, when Bean's mom asked what she had done at school that day, Bean almost told her about the treasure hunting. Just at last minute she decided to keep it a secret. She didn't want to tell her family at first that they were digging for treasure and it had been a bust. She would wait until she and Ivy found a treasure or something good and sparkling. It would, and then she would set it on the table. Look what I found today, and her mom would gasp and say how wonderful she had done. Then Bean would shrug and say, it's just a sense I had. And after that, she'd buy everyone presents. So instead of telling her mom about treasure hunting, Bean said, I learned you should never brush your hair over the sink. She talked about Narvin and his hairy pipes. And her dad talked about the time he had taken the sink apart but couldn't put it back together. Then Nancy talked about how much better her life would be if she hadn't had to share a bathroom with Bean. Then Bean's mom said that there were plenty of people in the world who would be happy to have a bathroom at all. And then Bean made her eyes really big and said, I don't mind sharing with you, Nancy. And then Nancy huffed and walked away from the table. So everyone was fine and no one guessed that Bean was a treasure hunter, almost a treasure finder. Chapter, How Divine. The next day before school started, it was, it, news was passed from kid to kid. I found a hoard, replied Dusset. No way, gasped Bean. Way, said Dusset. People called, people called Miss Arubate. Are you ready to learn? Yes, yelled the second graders. A hoard of coins, hissed Bean. Dusset shook his head. Cans, but you can trade them in for money, so it's like finding coins. People, said Miss Arubate. You don't need to be talking right now. You need to be working on your daily math. Okay, said Bean, tried to concentrate. But all Carlos's bike seat problems could have been solved by a little treasure hunting. Emma leaned over the table. I couldn't find any treasure, but I found a motorcycle I lost when I was five, though. Kids, Miss Aruba Tate said. I don't know why I'm hearing whispering. Everyone looked down at their papers and tried to think about math. Bean frowned at her paper. Carlos, bicycle seat, dog, okay, three plus three plus three. Eric lost it. I found gold, he yelled, golden treasure. It was then when Miss Arubitate decided to take her classroom, t- make her classroom a treasure-free zone. 
So the second graders had to wait until lunch to talk about their treasure, and they gathered under the, under the climbing structure. Margalee held out three quarters of nickel and four pennies that were right under where they, that she thought they'd be, between the curb and the sidewalk. Money always falls out of my dad's pocket when he gets out of the car. Ivy and Bean looked at each other. Why hadn't we thought about digging for some sidewalk curb coins? Vanessa had found a plate with a beautiful picture on it. It was going to be worth a lot of money when she put it back together. It's old, my mom said, and it's an antique. Ivy and Bean looked at each other. Why haven't they found an antique? Eric's gold wasn't just plain gold. It was a gold box with a mirror in it. He found it in his grandmother's backyard. He said that his grandma's backyard was packed with treasure lying in the ground. You don't have to even dig to get rich. Bean and Ivy looked at each other. Why didn't their grandmas have yards like that? Leo hadn't had much time to treasure hunt because of soccer practice. But even so, he found a silver earring next to the soccer field. What did you guys find, he asked, turning to Ivy and Bean. Nothing, said Bean. Yet, said Ivy. It was embarrassing to admit, but even more embarrassing when Leo said, you'll probably find something soon. He was just being nice, and that meant he felt sorry for them. They had to find something ASAP. Do you know what ASAP means? Mm -hmm. What? As fast. Wait, no. Like, um, as as, like, as, as, as soon as possible. By four o'clock that afternoon, Ivy and Bean had dug, dug 14 holes in Ivy's backyard, three in the front, one in, the be in between the sidewalk and the curb, and that is what they had found. A red plastic comb. Oh, a half of a red plastic comb. They were really discouraged, so they... They were so discouraged that they stopped digging and sat on the curb. We need a metal detector, said Bean gloomily. Ivy nodded. It's not fair. If we find treasure, we'll have $162 to buy a metal detector. But if we don't have a metal detector, we can't find treasure in the first place. You'd think a vacuum cleaner would work, suggested Bean. Ivy shook her head. No, that just sucks stuff up. We need something that tells us where things are buried. Like, wait a second. She slapped herself in the forehead. A divining, a di what is it called? A divining rod? Remember the one from Coraline where he's looking for water? A what? said Bean. A divining, divining? I don't know what it's called. I'm sorry. Rod, it's a magic stick that helps you find things. Ivy said excitedly. You hold it up in front of you and walk around and it boings up and down when it finds things. Important things like water and gold, not dumb things like combs. Huh, this sounded too good to be true. Where do you buy one? asked Bean. You can't buy one. There's special sticks that are shaped like a wire. You're supposed to find them in the forest by the light of the moon. Bean made a face. Your mom is going to let you go out into the forest by the light of the moon? Well, okay, probably not, said Bean, or said Ivy. Then let's go to Monkey Park and look at the light of the sun. Maybe it won't be perfect, but we don't have time for perfect. The Monkey Park Forest wasn't exactly a real forest. It was more like a bunch of trees planted in a youth center. But it looked like a forest, and besides, it was fun. Walking among the trees, finding sticks, was way more fun than finding treasure. They found a lot of I-shaped sticks. Bean found a C-shaped stick, and Ivy found a J-shaped stick. What, um, what about this one, asked Bean, holding it up. It looks like a Z, and that got run over, said Ivy. What about this? Bean shook her head. Keep looking. This one's sort of a Y shape, said Ivy, but Bean shook her head. Here's a perfect Y. Ivy held this stick up. Uh, Ivy held the stick up that would have been a perfect Y, per perfect y if its arm wasn't missing. Almost. Look, Bean said, let's make a perfect Y with another stick and duct tape it. Ivy looked at her almost Y. It's the shape of a magic. Nobody ever said that finding a stick exactly the perfect shape was important. Grown-ups say handmade presents are better than better. Maybe it's maybe it's the magic, but then 
said Bean. She grabbed a plain old stick off the ground that could be the other arm. Besides, beggars can't be choosers, and we are treasure hunters. Chapter Treasure Beggars. The next morning before school, Ivy showed Bean her divining, divining, divining (laughs) rod. She had attached the extra arm with plenty of old duct tape. Then she put some fancy gold tape on it to make the tape look good. After that, she put star stickers all over the divining rod to make it look even better. And to top it off, she had used her secret magic book to cast a spell. What kind of spell, asked Bean, touching the beautiful divining rod? It looked like magic for sure. A spell to find a lost horse. It was the closest I could get. A horse was in treasure, said Bean. If you're, if you're someone who needs a horse, it is, said Ivy. Let's say your car's broken and you have to go to, take your grandmother to the hospital. A horse would be the best treasure ever. Okay, but I don't need to take my grandmother to the hospital, said Bean. I want gold or jewels or a hoard like everyone else. I got a dream. Ivy got a dreamy look on her face. And let's say you're about to meet the queen and your hair is all tangled and then half plastic comb would be your treasure. I don't want a comb, said Bean. I don't want a treasure. I want treasure. Okay, said Ivy stopped looking dreamy. Don't worry. Now that we have the divining rod, we'll find treasure for sure. But Bean couldn't help worrying. We'd better have a lot of catching up to do. By the end of the day, they had even more catching up to do because everyone else had found treasures galore. Eric had gone back to his grandmother's house. This time he found silver. Margalee was six quarters and four dimes richer. She was so rich that she didn't even have to bother to pick up pennies anymore. Emma had found another of her old toys. Vanessa was busy gluing her antique plate together. Dusset had 23 new cans to add to his hoard. And Leo had found a necklace under the sofa. It turned out to be his mom's, but then she gave him 50 cents for finding it. So it was the same thing as money, he said. Ivy and Bean exchanged glances. They had found nothing. They were terrible treasure hunters. Worst of all, the other kids decided to show to all have treasure to show their treasure at lunch the next day. Everyone was going to bring what they had just found and put it on the table, like Harmon. Leo turned to Bean. Did you find anything yesterday? He asked nicely. No, said Bean. She was grumpy, and she hated being bad at things. But you better leave a big space on the table because today we're bringing us out a secret weapon. It's not a weapon, said Ivy. It's a dimming rod. Don't tell him, said Bean. He'll want it. I don't want it, whatever it is, he said nicely. I'm finding lots of treasure all by myself. You think you're finding lots of treasure, said Bean. But she was getting grumpier by the minute. Compared to what we'll have tomorrow, your treasure's going to look like a pile of dust. Bean, I said Ivy, it, it probably won't look like a pile of dust. Your treasure doesn't even look like a pile of dust, said Leo. It looks like zero. You'll see, said Bean. We wouldn't even be able to carry it. We'll have to get all the donkeys to carry it for us. Um, we probably won't even we probably won't even need a donkey," said Ivy nervously. "You're a donkey," said Leo. "No, you're a donkey," yelled Bean, and she stomped away. Chapter: The Shoe of Plenty. Ivy said that she had to go to her house before they started the divining. That was fine with Bean, and she had to go to her house too. Once she was there, she scurried upstairs to her room. She knew she had some quarters lying around somewhere, but she didn't know exactly where. Sometimes she hid them in her shoe. Sometimes she hid them in her socks. And sometimes she hid them at the little edge of the top of the door. It was harder to remember there, which place she'd hid them last. But boy, no burglar was ever going to see her quarters. 
Eventually, she found them inside a fancy box in her dresser, 12 of them. That made $3. She put eight quarters in her pocket. Instead of the fancy box, there was a bracelet too. Bean's great aunt had given it to her. Bean's great aunt didn't know that Bean, Bean that well. The bracelet was made of pink sparkling shells on pink sparkling thread. Bean put the bracelet in her pocket too. Mom. Yeah? Yawn? I can't help it. Now walking very quietly, Bean went downstairs. Without bothering anyone at all, she went to the back door and across the yard to the shed to get a shovel. When Ivy appeared with her divining rod, she said, I think we should try digging in my backyard again. Bean said, I think we should try digging in my front yard. Ivy said, I have a sense we'll find something in my backyard. Bean frowned. I have a sense we'll find something in my front yard. Do you think they both did the same thing and buried things? Yeah. They decided to take turns. Bean's front yard. In Bean's front yard, Ivy gripped her divining rod with both hands. You start by standing still, she said, and then you wait for the divining rod to lead you. She stood for a moment waiting. Sometimes it takes a few minutes. Um, I'm having a sense that you should be over here by the bush. But we don't need senses anymore. We have a divining rod. See? <laughs> and you shouldn't ignore a sense. I still have a sense, and you shouldn't ignore a sense. Okay, okay, said Ivy with the bush divining rod. Sometimes it helps when you close your eyes. It'll help you feel it move. She closed her eyes. Bean nudged the divining rod with her foot. It's moving, she cried. Ivy's eyes sprang open. It is. Dig here, said Bean, pointed to some dirt with leaves on it. She gave Ivy a shovel and happened to have it in her hand. Bean held the, digging, the divining rod with... While Ivy dug, and then Ivy found four quarters, she gasped loudly and said, Money! We found money! After that, the divining rod. Pl- after that, the yeah, divining rod face. plus being sense. Huh? Look at her face. This one? Yeah, she's like, <laughs> That was the better one the second time. Nice, said Ivy, putting it on real jewels. Right in your own front yard. She didn't even look surprised, though. I had a sense that it would be here, said Ivy. I mean, said Bean. It's your turn, said Ivy. Let's try my backyard. And so they did. There were div- and there the divining rod plus Ivy's sense led me to find a doll teapot. It's antique, said Ivy, clasping her hands. It's probably worth a lot. Oh, good, said Bean. I'm having a sense that you should take the divining rod over there, Ivy said, pointing towards the patch of weeds. So Bean stood there in the patch of weeds with the divining rod until she felt it wiggle happened right after she closed her eyes. Sure enough, she had to dig for only a moment until she found a red plastic shoe filled with chocolate chips. Whoa, she cried. Cool. This is way better than money or antiques. This was chocolate. Go ahead and eat it, Ivy said sharply. I'm sure it's still good. Bean shook the shoe and chocolate chips came out of the heel. It was still good. Yum. She took out another one. Have one. Thanks, said Ivy. They sat down on the side by the weeds eating chocolate chips. These are delicious, but maybe we should have some for tomorrow, said Bean in between chips. She pictured the big plastic shoe in the center of the treasure table, and she pictured everyone admiring it. She pictured Leah looking at it hungrily. She pictured herself giving up a half a chip. Ha! Ivy smiled in a satisfying way. I think we're all caught up, don't you? Sure, said Bean. We found money, jewels, antiques, and candy. We're rich. There might be one or two more things around here, said Ivy. She glanced in the weed across the yard, but we don't want to be greedy. Yeah, it's bad to be greedy, said Bean. Ivy nodded. Let's each have another chocolate chip to celebrate our treasure. And so they did.
Vanessa told the first, the five first graders sitting on the picnic table that they had to move. We're having a treasure show, she said. But this is our clubhouse, said a skinny first grader. If you move, your clubhouse can, can look at our treasure before anyone goes, said Bean. First graders moved. Each of the treasure hunters, treasure hunter table got a section of the table. It was a big table, but even so, Dusset couldn't fit all of his cans in one section. He was loaded with cans. He had a, a can, he was a can millionaire. He put his 20 cans on the table and the rest of it stayed in a big bag. Vanessa was almost done gluing her plate together. She brought the glued parts and four leftover pieces. It had beautiful flowers on it, even a gold trim. Who knows how much money that would be worth when I finish gluing it, she said. Eric brought only his golden box with the mirror. He could always get more treasure from his grandma's yard whenever he felt like it. He set the gold box in the middle of the section, the section where it glowed. Leo brought hit the golden U-Jet silver earring with the 50 cents his mom had given him for her necklace and a tiny robot he found the day before. I don't think the robot's an antique, though, he said modestly. Margot Lee lined up the coins, quarters, nickels, dimes, and four pennies she had picked up before she stopped picking up pennies. It comes to $3.24, she said. Free money. Emma had forgotten to bring her toy motorcycle and the glass monster that she had found, so she drew a picture of it and laid it in the section. Ivy and Bean stared at her section. Ivy carefully lined up her eight quarters. In the back, directly below, she spread out the sparkling shell bracelet. Bean plopped down the antique teapot, and then in the front of the table, she placed a shoe of chocolate chips. Can I have one, asked Emma? Not until the show show's over, said Bean. Since Ivy was a good speller, she'd written the signs that said treasure show and Bean had flowers all over the words. It was pretty. They taped it to the table and then each of the treasure hunters stood behind their section and waited. First grader zoomed over. They looked at the treasure. How much does that robot cost? Asked the skinny first grader. It's treasure, said Leo. It's not for sale. The first grader turned to Bean in Ivy's section. Can I have a chocolate chip? Sorry, Bean said. It's treasure. Food isn't treasure, he said, walking away. Rose, the yard duty, came over. Just make sure you pick up all the junk at the end of lunch, okay, kids? It's treasure, not junk, said Dusset, and he pointed to his cans. These are worth big bucks. Treasure show, someone hooted. You call that treasure? It was Roddy, the fifth grader, who had his soccer friends. That's all you can find in a garbage can. Bean was getting tired of hearing this kid thing. What do you know about treasure, she snapped. Nothing. I do, said a voice. I'm a treasure expert. It was, oh, I do. And I'm a treasure expert. It was Elza, the fifth grader, treasure hunter. She slid in front of Roddy and his friends and flopped her long braid over her shoulder. Hmm, she said, looking down at the table. She looked at the table for a long time. Well, said Vanessa, she pointed to the plate. It's an antique. Elza made a little sniffy sound. It's broken, so nobody wants broken stuff. And that, she pointed to Eric's gold block, is only plastic. It's not worth anything. And if it's not worth money, it's not treasure. Cents are worth money, said Dusset. Money is worth money, said Margalee. Elsa made a face. Cans aren't treasure. A quarter can find you that on the ground isn't treasure. Treasure is something that people want. Treasure has to be something good, something special. And she picked up Emma's drawing and looked at it. What's this supposed to be? Nothing, said Emma. She folded her paper in half. Bean noticed that Leo was sliding under his U-jet, sliding his U-jet in his pocket. Margalee put her hands on top of her paper. Now Elsa came to Bean's and Ivy's section. Her eyes flickered over the teapot and the, co- po- and the coins on the breast. Where is it? Okay, this could be treasure. It's pretty good. Where'd you guys find it? 
Dug it up, said Ivy, in a secret place. Cool. Elsa picked up the bracelet. It could be worth something, she said. You could take it to a jeweler store and ask them what it's worth. I don't care what it's worth, said Ivy. It's my treasure. Elsa shook her head and put the bracelet down. You guys completely missed the point of treasure. Can I have a chocolate chip? No, said Bean. That's my treasure. Elsa smiled. I wouldn't call chocolate chips treasure. I would, said Bean. I'd call them double treasure. I would too, said Ivy. And they stood next to each other and glared at Elsa until she flopped her braid again and went away. Chapter Rich, Rich, Rich. The treasure hunters sat quietly at the table. Margot Lee moved her coins in circles. I'm not going to be a treasure hunter anymore, said Dusset. He flicked one of his cans and changed the ground. And that's all glo- all that glowing for nothing, said Vanessa. Bean leaned over her elbows. I'm going to go back to the being an arborist when I grow up. This was dumb, said Leo. He pulled the U-jet out of his pocket. It's just plastic. I knew it was plastic, but I thought since it was gold, it would be treasure. I thought it was going to be rich, said Eric sadly. Me too, said Emma. Me three, said Vanessa. Ivy's the only one that might be rich since she's the only one who found a real treasure. Ivy picked up a sparkling, a sparkling shell bracelet and looked at it for a moment. Eric, she said, I'd much rather have a golden box rather than this bracelet. Would you like to trade? Sure, said Eric. He handed her the golden box. Ivy passed him the bracelet. When she opened the box and peered into a tiny mirror, this is exactly what I needed, she said. I'm going to use this to spy on people behind me. Bean watched as Ivy set the pocket the box carefully down in front of her section. Right, she thought. It's a treasure if you want it to be. Bean scooped up four quarters and turned to Leo. Will you tell me, will you sell me that robot for a dollar? Leo sold the robot for a dollar and three chocolate chips. I'll give you this dollar if you give me your cans, Dusset, he said, munching chocolate. Get out of here, said Dusset. These cans are worth three dollars at least. I've got three dollars, said Margalee, but I want your shoe. I want that shoe, Bean, with the chocolate chips in it. No way, you can have the shoe empty for $3. Rip off, Eric yelled. Hey, Margalee, let's go, let's go on together. One, so one bracelet and $3 for a shoe and the chocolate chips. Only half the chocolate chips, she said, whispered Ivy. Half the chocolate chips, yelled Bean. No, Eric, all of them. How about 20 cents, $3, the bracelet, Dusty yelled, for all the chocolate chips in this shoe. $3.50. I don't have $3.50, Leo said. Let me Lend me 50 cents. No way. Get out. Pretty soon, everyone was yelling. They yelled for a long time, and when they were finally done, Ivy and Bean had sold all of the chocolate chips, the shoe, the two quarters, to Dusset, Vanessa, Leo, Eric, and Margalee for 25 cents, $3, a U-jet, and most of the plate, and the bracelet that Ivy had traded in the first place to get 10 chocolate chips. Ivy and Bean divided their 10 chocolate chips into two piles of five, plopped them in their mouth, and just as they swallowed at the end of the end of lunch bell ring, the treasure hunters rose, gathering their cans and coins and antiques and toys into their arms, and began to walk towards Miss Rubitate's classroom. With her arms around her bulging bag cans of cans being walked beside Ivy, she felt happy. She had everything she wanted. We're rich, she said, saying, clasping the Trevor. We're rich, rich. And that's it. Okay, well, the series ended and they're rich. That's cool. Okay, so let's go to, let's get a metal detector once it cools down and it's not crazy hot anymore. And then we'll go to the beach. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay, kiddolinks, we gotta go. Do you remember where I got the word kiddolink? Ivy's, uh, Bean's dad says it. Oh God, Ivy, I mean, um, <laughs> we've been reading Ivy and Bean so much I'm calling you guys Ivy. Girlfriend's rubbing her eyes. 
Okay, re- are we ready? We have a three-hour road trip to do. Boo. Let's go. Mm. Say bye, you guys. Okay, remember, what's the next book we're reading? Poop. Peyton. Mm. Macy. Macy, no. I mean, Mercy Watson. Mercy Watson, you guys. Get ready. Mercy Watson, it's happening. Say bye. Bye.